This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. This is a bit of a one-off bonus show. Uh, it's Today is Alan Hedford's birthday, and Alan Hedford started working for Bristol City in 1968. Um, so that's 55 years that he's been working at Bristol City, starting as a turnstile operative and now manning the player's entrance. So a, a variety of jobs, and you'll hear all about that on this recording, which was from back in early 2021 when we had him on the podcast. I've kept a little bit on at the start as well where Matt and I are talking about the starting lineup for that game. Um, I think it was Swansea uh, Swansea City away on 27th of February 2021. And um, yeah, he's saying that uh, there's Alex Scott on the bench, Tommy Conway on the bench. And what position do they play? Uh, so yeah, it's quite, quite funny in a way that now that Tommy Conway and Alex Scott are, are two of our best players. So have a listen. And um, I just wanted to say a big happy birthday to Alan Hedford and uh, long may he continue to work at Ashton Gate. Hope you enjoy it. Team news is in. Go on, go it for the team really So, um, Bentley, Hunt, Viner, Mariapa, Callas, Tyler... Naj, Backinson, Palmer, Wells, Dijou. So as we were. Okay, as we were. Um, the bench, yeah. Max O'Leary, Taylor Moore, Ryan Sessignon, Hannah Masenga, Sam Pearson, Alex Scott. Oh. Antoine Semenyo, Tommy Conway. Oh. And Sam Bell. So okay. a really, really, exuberance a, yeah, a really, really attacking bench as well, isn't it? That's great news. Um, okay, well, so, hopefully yeah. um, hopefully they get on and we're 3-0 up and they can come on and uh, have a run around. Um, heard a lot of good things about Scott, um, so that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, it would be good to see. Uh, just for people who don't know, Alex Scott is uh, position-wise an attacking midfielder, I believe? Yeah, I believe so. Certainly midfielder, yeah. Um, yeah. But he's, he's a, a really, really talented boy. I'm, I'm sure he's a, the lad that came from Guernsey. Mm. Um, uh, he's got yeah. real, high, real high hopes for him. He is, isn't he? Yeah. And yeah. Tommy Conway? Centre forward. Um, he's been on loan at Bath. Young young lad and scored right. a boatload of goals at Bath. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, when you you think Sam Bell, Pearson, Conway, you know that's that's really attacking, isn't it? So absolutely. Okay, as I said, we've got a guest, um, and it's one of, if not the longest servant to Bristol City, some fifty three years, having started working on the turnstiles in nineteen sixty eight. We had Tin Man on recently, so we're going from Tin Man to T Man. Come in, Alan Hedford. Uh, hello then, how's everybody? Yeah, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. So, Alan, it's funny I... you say that about Tim, man, because I can remember him coming as a player. I bet yeah. you can. I, I bet made his tea when he was coming down, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Alan, are you the longest servant to the club? I I must be one of them, yeah. If not the, uh, you know, they, they did, um, somebody asked, oh, going back last, before the end of last season about, how, how long people have been there. And when I put my name forward, a few of them, because of course everything's changed, mm. were a bit surprised. I think Steve Lansdowne probably remembers, because I, I remember when he had a long service trophy presented on a pitch. He was right. walking down the tunnel and he said to me, 
you ought to be having this. So he knows I've been there a long time. But... Did he give it to you? No. no. <laughs> I think the thing is, Alan, anybody who's followed Bristol City, and I was fortunate enough to sit in the Atu stand, but anybody who's followed Bristol City for as long as I have, which was the 70s I started, your face, everybody knows you. So <laughs> I can count for the fact that, yes, absolutely, you have been there since I started following Bristol City in yeah. 75, 76. So, yeah. yeah. That was so, probably when I went on the Generation game is when I got custard pie by all the Rovers team. Ah, did you really? Did you? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's on YouTube. Oh, there's a story. Yeah, Blimey, if you we'll look up Bristol that. City, Bristol Rovers, YouTube, I'm on there. Oh, right. yeah. okay. That is awesome. So, Alan, your first job was as on the turnstile um, in 1968. Was that just yeah. sort of a job? It's a supplement your earnings from well, the employment? Well, it was, yeah. I, I can remember it well because um, I'd always go down watching them home in, and, and away games as well. And um, I was just courting my girlfriend, that now wife, and uh, we were saving up to get married and getting engaged. And she said to me, why don't you try and get a job down there? You're always down there because I was taking her down there as well. Right. So I can remember going down. I took her down one day and I asked about it. And we see the guy, I can remember it now, it, the old um, stand underneath, and it was a bloke called Cyril Felstead. And he said, um, yeah, we need turnstile operators. He said, can you start next game? And I said, yeah, great. And he said, would you like to get in free today? <laughs> and we, me and my, I, my girlfriend, I said, oh, yeah. I said to her when we got in, I said, boy, we've already saved some money now, you know, and uh, that's where it started. Brilliant. Well, your, your name and face is, is even more familiar to me because you actually worked with my dad at BT in the, in, I, in, for many years. I did indeed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Andy, yeah. Exactly. Well. Yeah, no, brilliant. Um, so when did you sort of go from being a turnstile operative to becoming the, the the tea man, if you like, is that your official role? I don't know what the role title uh, is. Yeah, are, you, are you are you um uh, drinks distribution manager or something like that? <laughs> there must be a name for it, but I don't think they thought of it yet. Um, yeah, well, as I said, I was on the turnstiles. Then I I was um, upgraded to a turnstile supervisor, and then um, I can remember it. There was a guy, um, Frank, um, who used to do the job I'm doing now. Right. And um, it was after an evening game. He went home and um, he died, unfortunately, of a heart attack. Oh, and um, because I'd been there a long time, the next game they said to me, would you like to do Frank's job? And I said, I'll give it a go. And, well, that's where it started. That was when back in, must have been around 80s, 88, when um, Terry Cooper was manager. Okay, and, so it was a good twenty years then on the turnstile. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. And, it, and it, so, before we go into the into that job, any stories that stack stick out for you in the twenty years of uh, managing the turnstiles? Oh, too many to remember, probably. I mean, uh, you know, each manager. I mean, I I counted them up, funny enough, before I come up. This, the next manager, which will be Nigel Pearson, will be my twentieth managerial reign. Wow. So dude. I've worked. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't work under Dean because of the COVID crisis, mm. um, although I worked with him very closely, you yeah. know, when he was a coach. But I would have loved to work under him as a gaffer because he's one, one hell of a oh, guy. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But there must have been some in that 20 years of, of managing the turnstiles, obviously, in that period, 
you know you you saw the ground develop so much even in oh. that even in that period but uh i can remember sort of when i started going down around 86 87 where people would sort of jump over the turnstile and not have a ticket and just sort of just do the do the old yeah. jump over the turn. particularly my memory sticks out for like fa big fa cup games when it was probably hard to get a ticket but yeah. uh did you ever have to chase anyone up the stairs alan well you didn't go but that has happened to me i mean Going back, um, they were only small turnstiles in those days, about yeah. waist height, yeah. like just a, a like a, a bar. And um, as you said, on, on a big gate, they're on the turnstiles. They're queuing to get in, and they're pushing. And sometimes they, you get people just run, jump, and obviously you can't leave because you had all the money. You just yeah. had to let them go. So a lot of these big gates, probably there's probably you could add on a few extra hundred. Or <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Any memories from you, Matt, in terms of uh, the 68 to, um, sorry, sorry, 68 so, to 88? So I wasn't there in 68, let's be clear. I know, <laughs> I know I'm a few years older than you, Patch, but um, do, do you know what? My my dad, I probably shouldn't say this, but although I don't have much to do with him or anything to do with him, but my dad was a printer back in the day. So he used to print season tickets um, for his mates. So he'd have, he'd have a season ticket and then he would print copies of his kind of thing for other people because obviously right. none of it was electronic. Yeah. Um, so it was all that. But I guess for, for me, Alan, the interest would be, um, you know, obviously you had to collect all that money and what it, it kick off just after kick off. You then take that to a central office somewhere or. Yeah, you um, once, once you close your turnstile down, which was usually 10 minutes after kickoff, they used to have mm. two phases. You had the, your normal time, which was 10, month, 10 minutes after kickoff. And then you had a certain amount. It would stay under half time. Right. Just, okay three or four turnstiles per section. So then you had to count all your money, bag it up into the relative currency denominations, and then you had to then take it to an office where it was then checked and counted with, with the numbers on your clock because obviously each one went round. You had to start ah, and finish right. number. And yeah. then if it all tied up, you were fine and you just went in and seen the game. And in those days, there was like... um. You probably you wouldn't remember it, but if you looked at some old photos, there was like some benches all the way around the inner, the inside of the circuit of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. And as turnstile operators and workers, you could then sit on them then. Oh right, right. okay. Yeah. You must have, you must have missed. The the, you must have missed the start of a fair few. Oh, games, I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As a fan, that must have mm. killed you listening to a, a, a roar or a or well, a missed opportunity is, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's Brilliant. some obviously throughout my career. There's a lot of moments I've missed. Were, were you I'm probably always... so, some I'm glad I did miss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Were you always um, on the same sort of in on the same turnstile, or did you move around a lot? No, they used to move you around. Okay. Obviously, because it's always if you're on the same one, you you know people say, oh, they'll keep making your mates or something. Oh, I'm on that turnstile, so yeah. it, it just took out the chance of. Uh, frauds if you like yeah no that's fair yeah. enough i mean i always i i sat in the dolman stand for for the, the largest number of years and we always went we talked about superstitions i always went in the same terms turnstile every time um and it was always the same faces that we would see that uh. you know the, the the stewards and and turnstiles and things like that but uh yeah it's certainly come on leaps and bounds from uh having a paper ticket to now having a oh, yeah. a, a card uh, but yeah. let's go on to the 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 man years then. So uh, 19, <laughs> 1988, you became T-Man or, or drinks operator, whatever we're going to yeah. call it. Um, and what? Who was manager then? Eighty eight. Um, Terry Cooper. 
Okay, yeah, you said Terry Cooper. Uh, so, but it was at the end end of his reign. Right. I think it was probably about three or four of half a dozen games, something like that, and then okay. Joe Jordan took over. And and how much involvement did you have with the managers in terms of what they wanted you to do when they wanted you to give them the tea? Was it tea before the game, half time? Tell us like a, a an average sort of day for you. Well, go. I mean, going back to the, in those days, um, you know the big catering teapots. You've probably seen them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I always used to have to make one for the home team, one for the away team. And a small one for the referee at halftime and before the game. And that was for the players as well in those days. They used to drink the tea. I mean, now it's obviously protein drinks and, you know. Lucas although you do get the odd player asked for a, a black coffee. On a you know, half time or before the game? No, before the game, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Naki Wells is one. Always likes a black coffee before the game. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's a bit of an energy boost, isn't it? Well, it's just funny enough. I, I go back to um, days when um, Danny Wilson was manager. And um, I, obviously we, we had a, a foreign team come down, a touring team. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I went in and I said, oh, do you want tea? And the, the guy said to me, can we have a pot of black coffee? So I took him in a black coffee. And I mentioned it to Danny Wilson. And he said, oh, yeah, he said, on the continent, that's quite common. They have it as like a caffeine kick. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. But going back to those days, it wasn't just making pots of tea. I also had to run the baths. Um, oh, yeah, and okay. Because in those days, it was the big communal baths, if mm. you probably look back at old pictures. And I used to have to run both baths. As soon as the players went out for the start of the second half, I had to run the baths in order for them to fill up before the end of the game. You must have time. You must have been able to time that to oh, yeah. tea of the exact yeah. amount of time that you could then go out, watch the game, come back in, turn the tap off. Well, that's right. Yeah. And did Experience. you make did, exactly? Did you make the away team's bath a little bit colder <laughs> if they won? <laughs> it's funny you should say that, but I mean about the tea. Um, Ian Holloway went going back to the generation thing I, I mentioned. Game, yeah. um, the next time the Rovers came down. Ian Holloway was their manager, and he came in and he said to me, I ain't drinking none of your tea, because TV being TV, they fabricate a lot of the things. And Jim yeah. Davison said to me at the time, just before they custard pied me, he said, um, I had to sit down in a chair, and he 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 went round with tape round there, and the tape me to the chair. I thought, what's going on? And he said, take your glasses off, which I couldn't reach, and he took them off, and he said, now, when he used to make the tea for Bristol Rover, he used to hate it and used to put salt and all that in there. And God, I mean, that's obviously just TV. Yeah. Um, but he remembered that all the way. So they're not having any URC. I always remember it. <laughs> that is yeah. fantastic. That is fantastic. You must have had a lot of stories, you know, stories you can tell, stories you can't tell, things you've heard in the tunnel. Um, different oh, yeah. managers are all very different. Some are outspoken. Some, you know, don't say hardly a word. Have you, is right. there any any stories you can remember from you know that last what is it now twenty two years of being a team man obviously that you can that you can share with us uh, thirty two years actually thirty two yeah, years I was say, yeah yeah, yeah. Max was um, never his strength Alan <laughs> well, I'm, I, well, I'm a qualified accountant actually but that's a bit worrying isn't it it's, di- it's difficult to say really I mean I mean after, out of all them managers you've got your favourites or I mean they were they were all good 
but there's some that stick out in your mind. Mm. Um, Danny Wilson's one, for example. I mean, Danny Wilson used to love his cricket. And I always remember I went in before the game. I said, do you want a cup of tea, gaffer? Oh, yes, please. And I, he had the he had the cricket because it was the overlap between the start of the season and the test matches. And he was, and I said, oh, what's the score like? You know, mm. sit down, Al, he said, and watch it. You know, and I thought, playing, you know, because you're always trying to, you know, obviously. I got a bat to run, Danny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was that was after those days, and um, he said to me, "He uh, sit down." I said, "I better get on now, Gaffer." I said, "I have got stuff to do." Well, during the game, if you, if it ain't very good and you want to sit down and watch, just come in my office and watch the cricket. And I thought that was that was showed how genuine a guy he was, really, yeah, because yeah. all his personal stuffs in there, and yeah. you know. But we, you we know. were chat, we were chatting on the Robins reunited the other day with uh, Joe Bunnell and Danny Coles, who played obviously for Danny Wilson. And they both said that he has such an aura about him. He would walk into a room and just put you at ease straight yeah. away. Um, he did. So, yeah, obviously you... And he always that. had a, like a glint in his eyes. You look into his eyes, he's got... They were alive. Yeah. Very yeah. popular yeah. man, money. Very popular yeah. man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And Derek McInnes always stands in my mind. And Steve Cottrell. I, yeah. I love what Steve Cottrell done with the club. Those seasons he got us promoted. Mm, yeah, and I got a story to show what a genuine guy he was. He always used to smell. Whenever I go in his office, I said, cool, "Gaffer, you don't have to smell well." <laughs> and he said, "Yeah," he said, "He it was such a, a nice smell." And he said, uh, uh, "Yeah, it's an aftershave." He said, um, "Cologne." Um, I can't think of the name. Oh, Creed. He said, "He said I got it in Harvey Nichols." I thought, "Let me know." That's out of my price, like you know. So, um. When he said the name of it, I went and looked. Harvey Nichols online when I go, and it was two hundred and twenty quid a bottle. Oh, bloody hell! Mikey Moses, wow! Now that was going back at the start of the season, probably September. At the end of that season, he came in with a bag, and he said, "You are there's an aftershave you liked." Oh, beautiful! And top, man. I, I, I had you know a lump in my throat. I thought, yeah. wow. Wow, you know. and what with what he's been through personally in the last few months as well. Oh, yeah, it was so yeah. good to see, obviously him yeah. come through that, and and now he's oh, we at home. So yeah, what what a and great they're playing story. the gas. They're playing the gas today. Oh, are yeah. they? Is he? He's not back in the dugout yet, is he? Well, no, no, he's not back in the dugout. But I did wonder whether he might venture up there. You never know, as he's because he's back, obviously yeah. convalescent in Britain. Funny enough, I did tweet him the other a uh, couple of days ago. I said. It'll make you feel better and also feel better if you beat the gas. It's, it's funny with Steve Cottrell because he was a manager. I, I remember when he was being sort of tighted for the job beforehand, I was absolutely candescent. He was one man I just didn't want because I just never took to him whenever he came as an away manager yeah. and stuff he said. But what an unbelievable man. And and for me, and I'm sure much the same as you, Alan, maybe other than, than Alan Dix and what he did, but gave me the best season oh. of football I've ever had. And... It'll always be for me, right up yeah. at the very, very top for that. Um, right. Yeah, and, and just a, a genuine guy. You would always speak oh, to Oh, he was. See, yeah. I used to work in town. I'd see him regularly in John Lewis. Um, yeah. Always have, stop and have a chat. Yeah, re- really would. nice yeah. guy. He yeah. is, yeah. yeah. Well, Fun, uh, funny you say that about, you know, um, that football. All through my, and obviously, you know, your, your dad um, is the same. I always yeah. wanted to be the side it ran away with that league yeah. promotion. And it yeah. never, ever happened yeah. until that year with Steve Cottrell. I mean, we ran away with it and played. Yeah. 
as you said, wonderful football. Brilliant football, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it's always sticks out in my mind, yeah. that one. And like you say, Alan, I think because we ran away with it, we've been close, but we were always the bridesmaid. You know, I, I look uh, back at that 1990, you know, with the greatest respect to Bristol Rovers and, and whoever <laughs> wins the league deserves to win it. But we threw it away, didn't we? And, I know, you know we did, yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, that, that season was special. Heartbreaking, yeah. that was, oh, yeah. yeah. So as Matt said at the start, your your face is is one that, that that people will will know. And obviously with watching games on the TV, you would always take up that position in the tunnel, just sort of standing there, obviously finishing your duties at the start of the game and getting ready for your duties at halftime and at the end of the game. So you're always there. Was one of your jobs to pull the tunnel out when someone got sent off? Or does that was that someone else? No, no, there's um there's there's always two um Stewards. Super, um, stewards there and that was their job pulling that out yeah yeah so you must yeah. have got but you must have had people like walking past you that had been sent off and shouting some expletives oh yeah like yeah <laughs> yeah quite a few yeah and i met I, I met quite a few nice away managers too you i mean what you see on the tv with a lot of people aren't is not not necessarily the, the actual guy but you can some some real genuine ones i met um the England manager now, um, Gareth Southgate, what a gentleman he is. Yeah. I mean, such a lovely bloke. Uh, I met him numerous occasions, ever yeah. such a genuine guy. And I can, you know, it, they say that good guys don't always get on in the world, but, mm. uh, you know, he, he is a good guy. That's yeah. great. That's great. Kevin, Ke- Kevin Keegan's another one, Gen- real genuine guy. Yeah. You must have developed, so we spoke about managers in terms of players. You must have some favourites, obviously the people that have been there, you know, that they were there for a longer tenure. Obviously you build up a better relationship with them. And before each game now, obviously, well, pre, pre-COVID, you were always giving a high five to everyone as they as they came out and yeah. tapping them on the back and things like that. Have you yeah. got any 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 favourites in terms, not, let's not talk about players now, because uh, but any favourites going back? Players in the past. Um, I mean, I, when, before I, I I did this job, I mean, I always I always had a a, a like for Mike Gibson in Goy, and um, I probably going back to when I was watching um, John Galley as a as a striker. That's before your time. I always remember with John Galley, we were in um, it was a rele- relegation season just before the end of the transfers, and we signed John Galley from Rotherham, and Tommy Doherty was the manager then, and he. He'd just taken over at Rotherham and he sold him to the city. I think something like 30,000 comes to mind. Mm. And um, I always remember he played for the city. He scored the goals that kept us up. And he ended up, City's got top goal scorer. But he also ended up Rotherham's top goal scorer and they got relegated. (laughs) I always (laughs) always stuck in my mind that. But then we go on a bit later on, Jerry Gows and... And you know, and Scott Murray. I mean, what a legend Scott Murray is to the yeah. club. I mean, he's yeah. he's probably the best ambassador you could ever pick for Bristol City. Yeah. I mean, there's not many kit men that go out and get the when you're at a away game and the fans cheering. No, true. well, no, it's, it, it, he must be missing that banter with the fans oh, before the game, he's kick, absolute... kicking the ball in the in the in the crowd and and all yeah. of that stuff. But yeah, you're right. He's he is you know he's Mr. Bristol City at the moment. Oh, without a doubt, and yeah. and, and yeah. will be will be forever. He's a, he's an adopted Bristolian, and and uh, long may long may that continue. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
so in terms of the current current squad, obviously you said you know you you, you worked with Dean Holden, but weren't there when he, whilst he was manager. But in yeah. terms of the current, you you've sort of said Naki Wells likes a black coffee before a game. Any any yeah. any other um any other information inside information on the current crop? No, Flinty, uh, he was another one that used to like a black coffee or not black coffee. Used to like a coffee um, before a game. Frank Fielding occasionally, but you know they're. They're a nice bunch of players. Uh, you know, I know everybody says that, but they are. They really are. You know, in recent years, they're friendly. That they, they really are. They're, there's there's no pre Madonnas in the club anymore. Yeah, it's great to hear. Great to hear. Okay, um, Alan. Obviously, we we thank you very much for coming on the show and talking about some some old times. And as I say. People will will know your face more than your name, but now they'll know your name as well. Um, <laughs> uh, so hopefully you'll be back down with us come August time if the roadmap uh, you know runs its course and, and is is as we hope. Um, and you'll you'll be back doing doing your job, and we'll be back doing our job, which is to to cheer on the fans, Matt. Yeah, who knows? Maybe even before then, if Euro 2021 ends up being in the UK only or England only, used to say we wouldn't be one of the grounds chosen. So, well, you never I, know, I, I think we were a reserve one, weren't we, when it was originally selected? Yeah, I think I think we were right back in the day, weren't we? So, it, yeah, it will be interesting yeah. to see. I don't I don't know how true that is that they're talking about it just being held in England, but that would be a nice start to the after this, wouldn't it? Yeah, certainly absolutely. would. Absolutely certainly would. Okay, well, we'll be back after the break with uh, Paul Binning, the exiled Robin, to talk about, hopefully, three points away at Swansea. But uh, keep our fingers crossed. Alan, are you uh, you quite, um, you know, you waiting to meet Mr. Pearson? Nige, we're going to call him, I think. And, uh, wants yeah, to be no, I, yeah. He seems a good guy. I, th- I think he'll do right for us. Yeah. yeah, and fingers crossed for today. But great. Thank you, Alan. And we'll speak Take to you, Take care, Matt. guys. Take care, Alan. Bye-bye. Good luck.